This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a sad note, uh, we were apprised yesterday that Christy Blatchford, renowned journalist, uh, had passed at the age of 68, uh, being diagnosed with late-stage lung cancer in the fall of 2019. Her close friend and confidant and a colleague of ours here at Global News Radio, Alex Pearson, host of On Point at 6.30p weeknights, has joined us on the line to uh, help reminisce. Alex, how are you today? Oh, heavy-hearted. Very heavy-hearted. But I put my makeup on so I can't cry. Mm. Okay. All right. No more cry. I mean, this is a big story nationally. Yeah. I watch the national. Uh, why do you suppose that is? I mean, uh, how do we account for the impact over a storied career of uh, some 40 plus years by Christy Blanchford? There's a whole bunch of ways to look at Christy. Um, she is, I would hazard to say, the most important voice uh, we had in this country. There was no one who told and wrote a story the way Christy Blanchford told it. Um, she would find stories, she would take on issues that were extraordinarily complex and give them a voice in a way, John, that humanized them and really uh, demanded and commanded that you care. You didn't have to agree with her, um, but but she was an unbelievable writer uh, who tackled some of the toughest issues. I mean, you take someone like Mark Norman, for, for example. She took that case on and put that into the national um, conversation and forced really uh, people to look at it. And I think in many ways forced uh, the government to retreat because she understood what was at stake. And that was the rule of law in this country. And she took on a beat, um, you know, in the courts. And that's truly how I, I really became, uh, you know, friends with her, tackling the darkest of the dark, giving a voice to those who didn't have a voice and trying to give justice in a lot of cases of injustice. And we don't have many of those people anymore in a business, as you well know, that is, you know, not able to cultivate that kind of talent. And so when you lose a voice like a Christy Blatchford, it's not just a loss, like for me personally as a friend, but it's a loss to everyone because without people to tell those stories and to do so, you know, like what we're seeing now nationally with these blockades, she is who gave Caledonia a voice when they were shut out by those in charge who just simply folded and walked away from the issue. And she's not here now to, to push the lawmakers and those in charge to act. And so uh, just on that kind of level, she's a huge loss. And, and so the, uh, to me, that is a very devastating factor of it. Again, with Alex Pearson, Global News Radio host on point, reminiscing about Christy Blatchford and her legacy. You know, to the point that you just made, uh, well, the blockade. I mean, I'm kind of curious yeah. how she might have dealt with that story oh. now as it's unfurling. And, mm-hmm. uh, she, she'd have called it for the BS that, that it is. I mean, she, she had the saltiest tongue around, but she would have called it uh, as it was because Christy did not suffer fools. She just did not buy a lot of BS. Um, and she would have called it for what it is, which is a lot of protesters protesting on the backs of a of, of, of handful of, of Indigenous groups. Uh, taking this country hostage, essentially. And so I think she would have called it out. And, and you know, I'm, I miss the fact that we're not going to hear from her on this. Yeah, and uh, I would also second that, because I think, in general terms, she made journalism a righteous calling. And uh, 
you know, I'm wondering, too, if you had uh, any occasion to hear her opine on the current state of journalism. I mean, she she was a crap. I mean, don't forget, she, she really pioneered the way for a lot of people. I mean, she was more, she was, if not the first female writer in sports, alongside with Rosie DeMano. I mean, she was the first chick to go into a locker room. I mean, she she, she kind of she paved the way for a lot of, of women, certainly uh, to be able to push her way in. She was a, a woman for sure, but when she walked into a courtroom or when she walked into a press conference, everyone stopped because Christy was there. I mean, she commanded the kind of respect that men would automatically get, and she got it just automatically. And that took a long time, took a lot of work, a lot of breaking stories. She won the trust of people, um, and that's why even if she hit you, um, it was never um, unfair. If she hit you, you took it, you respected it, and you kind of walked away, and either you just respected her for getting you, or, or you just kind of sulked your way around about it. But she she was a, a, a different breed, and I don't know if we're going to see anybody like her just because of the way the business is going. You know, she didn't gossip. She wasn't out there for anything salacious. She was looking for the goods, always, 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 always. You know, it's funny that you reference her being uh, one of the first, or I guess the first, sports journalist, along with Rosie DeMano in this country. Oh, yeah. And uh, that goes back a ways, but I recall uh, the funny story when this first started for her. I mean, uh, some of the guys in locker rooms, you know, would try to make a point of <laughs> embarrassing her, and uh, but it didn't work. So if they were Starkers, you know, uh, coming out of the shower, uh, she was nonplussed by all of that. And uh, Yeah, uh, because, I mean... Yeah, she was made of sterner stuff, and uh, as you say, you know, uh, these days you got to get into the salacious, the gossip, I mean, a lot of advocacy as well, which is why I asked you earlier, you know, uh, how she would maybe see today's state of journalism. Uh, I'm sure you've uh, had opinions about how some, you know, people presenting themselves as uh, just reporters managed to sneak in a certain agenda or a, a certain personal bent. Uh, she wasn't given to that, though, was she? No, I mean, it was hard to tell where her politics lay with the way she wrote. You know, you'd think she was leaning right on one thing, but then she would kind of go to the center. So she was tough to dictate. But, but I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I met her initially like 23, 24 years ago covering off the Randall Dooley trial. She had no time for me. I was this cub TV reporter, all prim and proper with my lipstick done and my hair done. And she, she didn't have a lot of time for that. She wasn't into the celebrity. She wasn't, if you weren't serious about your craft, she didn't really have a lot of time for you. It took me a long, long time to kind of break down the walls. And it was during uh, the coverage of the Stephanie Rangel trial. Uh, which was the, the daughter of two police officers, that she finally looked at me and, and she said, you know, I like you. You're pretty, but, you know, you're smart. You, you get it. And, and that was kind of the beginning of the friendship, where if she knew that you really cared about the craft, which she loved, John, she was a journalist, a storyteller, then then you kind of broke down the walls. And once you got to the other side of Christy, this hard and tough exterior she was a puddle. I mean, she was one of the kindest people, one of the most generous people. Um, and, and she ingratiated herself to me in so many ways that I just, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of different sides to her. You know, it's interesting when you mention about the makeup and the hair and all the rest of that. I remember once bumping into her in an elevator coming yeah. from a TV shoot and hadn't removed the makeup. And she took a, a snipe at that, talking about the superficiality of television, yeah. I guess. And uh, yeah. so... <laughs> 
Yeah, she, she didn't have a lot of time for anybody who was in it for the celebrity. She was not at all interested in celebrity, which is ironic because she is probably the biggest name as far as journalists go in this country, and that's why she won all the awards. That's why she was in command and in demand. But she was not at all into the celebrity. She was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great boozy nights together with her, Rosie DeMano, which I will keep to myself. Um, but she was a lot of fun. She had a huge heart. She loved dogs. Um, I had a dog who was quite sick during one of the trials we were covering. And I still didn't really know her quite well. And she picked up her phone and without hesitancy, she said, you know, I've got this big old uh, book retainer uh, that I've just been sent. And I, I, it's yours. And I'm talking, it was a large amount, John. And she said, this thing's yours. I'm going to leave it on my desk. And it's yours. And I didn't end up taking it, but the gesture itself was so, uh, you know, it, it always stayed with me because it showed me such a different side of this woman who I was really terrified of. She's very, very scary, if you don't know her. She's very intimidating because she has such a large presence. And I was so touched by that gesture that that's really when we became friends. Um, you know, and when I went to see her on Monday, um, you know, we knew that it was close to the to the end. And, and you know, I shared a, a few little thoughts with her and... Um, you know, it was just, it was hard to see her just in such a delicate stage because to me, she, she is and was larger than life. Again, with Alex Pearson. By the way, uh, she was diagnosed with late stage lung cancer yeah. in the fall yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. just after the federal election, I guess. Uh, during, during, yeah. During. during. Uh, but, you know, when I uh, heard that, I, I was talking to Adrian Batra about that, uh, I guess it was yesterday or mo- Monday, and uh, I didn't know if she was like uh, a heavy smoker. Adrian said not as much in the latter years. Yeah, no, she she got out of the smoking and she turned to running. She was an avid runner. She loved to run and she'd always be out with her dog, Obi. She, you know, climbed Kilimanjaro. But she was in her earlier days, as a lot of journalists were, a heavy smoker because she worked like 24-7 getting the stories and digging. That's when you could smoke inside a newsroom. Mm. Um, But interestingly, it was during the election when she was on the bus with Trudeau um, that her leg had started to bother her, you know, she was tripping, there was something going on that she just couldn't get past, and that's when she got diagnosed. But, I mean, you ask anybody, this was not a serious matter. I mean, it was Christy Blatchford, of course she was going to come back. I had no idea that that she was not coming back, because as, as of two weeks ago, she was talking about getting back to work and coming back and what story she was going to cover. So for her to take such a turn so quickly... Um, was shocking, I think, to a lot of, of people because it was Christy Blatchford. Of course she was going to fight this thing and win. It was just, it, it was ex- totally unexpected, I think, for, for most people who knew her. Yeah, inconceivable that she would be felled by uh, the yeah. big C, but it didn't yeah. metastasize into her leg and hip. You know, the thing I like, yeah. too, about her, that uh, the sense I had anyway, uh, I knew her, but not well, and uh, that was that she was unabashedly Canadian. <laughs> And, yeah, you know, yeah. the sensibility of a rink rat, uh, you know, somebody yeah. who embraced the military in a yeah. big way that perhaps, yeah. uh, you know, was only rivaled by Don Cherry. Uh, mm-hmm. And the military loved her in return. Yep. Cops loved her. They trusted her. Military loved her uh, because she told their story. She stood up for vets. She was a quintessential Canadian who wrote Canadian stories. Um, she loved this country. Um, she was not all that, you know, she, 
it's not that she, she and she was not all that partisan, if I recall. It's not like she was an avid conservative. Like I don't really know to this day how she would vote on things because that's not how she was driven. She called crap, uh, and I almost swore because that's what Christy would do. Um, you know, she just called crap when she saw it, and that meant a lot of politicians got called on their crap. Um, but she did. She, she loved this country, and she told stories right across from it. And that's why I kind of go back to what I was initially saying. You can kind of be wondering why everyone's making such a big deal in our business about it, but there are just so few like her, John. And when you lose those voices, we are poorer for it. And I, and I think you know what I mean. Absolutely. I mean, I uh, hate to use a cliche, she was a profile in courage, too, when she took no prisoners yep. with her stories, her reporting yep. as she saw it. Sometimes mm-hmm. she engendered uh, a lot of people who disapproved and uh, sure. quite vehemently in the Retea Parsons case, for example. Mm-hmm. She was not woke and she did not serve the woke. And the reason Christy Blatchford could talk and could tell stories and could give her opinion is because she walked her talk. She was in those courtrooms. She was telling those stories because she met, she did the due diligence, she did the research. She was able to give opinions because she earned it. And she was not someone who was an armchair quarterback, given her two cents. She knew what she was talking about. There were very few mistakes that she ever made. Um, and, and that's why I give zero Fs, as Christy would say, to any of those people who judged her. I mean, if you truly wanted to know the essence of Christy, you got to know her, and that's how you would learn. But, uh, you know, it, it's a very, very sad time. And she would, it, this is the kicker. She'd hate this, eh? She would hate mm. that we're talking about her. Right. She'd hate the stink that everyone's making about her. She'd be just like, stop talking, move on. That's who she was. We lost a giant. Goes yeah. without saying, Alex. Really, really appreciate the reminiscences and uh, the insights as well. And uh, condolences yeah. all around. Thank you so much for yeah, your time. She's a large. Thanks, Donnie. Alex Pearson, Global News Radio, host of On Point, weeknight, 6.30, uh, P, right here. Boy, oh boy, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I, you know, it's just the passage of time, too, as uh, many of us really kind of came of age and followed her journalism and uh, her career that, you know, did go back uh, amongst all of the major dailies. And uh, and then, you know, depending on, too, what... Uh, I guess it was profile she established in terms of lifestyle or was it, it was sports early on. I think she landed into the sports like uh, into her third year in journalism. Came out of Ryerson in 73, head of her class, interesting to note. And there you have it in a nutshell. Uh, that's what we end up with. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.